0: Well, good morning. We're continuing in our series here in 2 Corinthians. We're going to cover actually a few paragraphs here, which, which is unusual, at least lately. We're going to cover a, a, a section of this that kind of all goes together. It's talking about really the same subject. But we saw last week, leading into this week, which it definitely leads into this week, we saw that the life of the authentic Christian life is a life that is the Holy Spirit, this treasure, filling a pretty ordinary container, right? This, this jar of clay, this earthen container that is describing us, is describing our bodies, that we are filled with this invaluable treasure, this treasure that is, that is worth more than anything in all of the universe, which is God himself, inside of us, And we are pretty, you know, plain, ordinary, you know, run-of-the-mill type humans, which should both humble us, but also we should look at it as a privilege, because it is a privilege that we have this treasure inside of us. The goal of having this treasure inside of such a plain container is to show off the treasure, is to show off the Holy Spirit. And the best way to do that, even though we may not love this, is through affliction or, or pressure, but, but we know that this pressure that we have in our life, while it reveals the Spirit, which is amazing, it also is a reality that, that we share with all of humanity, right? Everybody experiences pressure. Everybody experiences being kind of pressed upon, right? And probably a daily experience. I think I can relate to probably a daily experience of some sort of stress or some sort of pressure, but we will never be crushed, right? That's the difference because of this treasure that we have inside of us. We may be at a a loss, and we will be at a loss. Like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what decision to make next, but we will never be completely lost. We will uh, be intentionally hurt by other people for for a, a variety of reasons. People will hurt us, but we will never be alone in that pain that we're experiencing. Catastrophe will strike in our lives, but it will never wipe us out. It'll never be the final nail in the coffin for us because we have this treasure inside of us, this inward um, reality that is pushing against all of the pressures and the difficulties of life. And so Christians, authentic Christians, actually, while they experience the same sorts of difficulties that the rest of the world experience, they experience them in a different way because of the reality of the Holy Spirit within them. And that becomes a platform for showing off Jesus, for showing off the Holy Spirit, for showing off the life of Christ inside of us, because he is our peace in those moments. He is our comfort in those moments. He has given us the power to overcome this life and the things that come in this life. And that is just a testimony to who he is, not who we are. Most of the world well, typically, when they're able to kind of tackle something or go through something difficult and come out the other side, they'll typically take their fingers and point directly at themselves and go, look what I did. Look what I went through, right? I, I experienced this moment, and now I'm a victim, and I was a victim of this, this thing, and look, I'm, I, I conquered it. Look at how strong I am. And the Holy Spirit in the authentic Christian life, the authentic Christian life is about pointing to who he is because he is the overcomer, right? He is the strength. He is the peace that's inside of us. And the nice thing is Paul doesn't leave us with this thought. I mean, these are great thoughts. These are amazing thoughts. But, but in some ways, they're a little depressing, right? Because, because it's talking about all the difficulty that we experience in life. But he's going to transition quickly here for us that while pain and suffering is real, in our lives, and we can all attest to this, it is not forever. It is not the forever state that we have. We will not continue to experience the trials and the difficulties of this life because actually what we're experiencing now is simply setting us up for something far, far, far greater. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we get to be together. We get to look at your word. We get to look at this amazing passage that is just such a good passage to reflect on when we're going through pain and difficulty and suffering, especially when, when we're struck down, when we've been kind of knocked on our butt. I just think this is such a great passage to go to. You know, I've, I've gone to it many times. I've gone to it when I'm, I'm talking with people who are going through difficult things because it is just so good to reflect on the fact that this moment, this experience that we're going through right now, while it's difficult, It's temporary. And it is nothing compared to what is coming. And so we're just so thankful to be able to look at these truths, to be able to reflect on our hope in you, and um, just pray that, that the text becomes the star of the show this morning and that it's just clearly taught by the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. In your name, amen. So he goes on with the thoughts that we were just talking about in verse 16. He says, "Therefore." based on all that, based on this treasure inside these earthen vessels, these difficulties that we experience, therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. Anybody relate to the second phrase there? Though our outer person is decaying, It is a funny thing that Melissa and I more and more find ourselves talking about our aches and pains. Uh, It seems like just more and more. And and our lack of energy, that's been the thing lately, because we just have had a lot of things going on. And we're like, man, we just don't have the energy we used to have to accomplish all this stuff. And so I I think most of us, you know, post maybe 30, can relate to the fact that, yeah, okay, my outer person is decaying. I mean, there's a true scientific reality to that too. Uh, Do you realize that You have a million cells in your body that dies every second. One million cells in your body dies every second. One million. One million. And that's a tragedy. There, There they go. They're just dying off, right? You are literally decaying. Right now, as we speak, where you sit, we are all decaying, right? This was a crazy stat that I, that I found out. Those one million cells, if you add them all up to a full day, you actually have 2.65 pounds of you that dies every day. Two and a half pounds of you dies every day. Uh, it just, it goes everywhere. That's where dust comes from and all that. I mean, just, you're everywhere. You just, you just kind of slough off yourself all the time, right? Uh, and thankfully, most of those are replaced, right? But you're just decaying. We are all decaying, right? And we, we experience this decay in, in many different ways. There are different levels of this decay. We all experience being run down and worn out. I was talking about that. That's, you know, our experience lately. We all have different uh, levels of physical pain that we're experiencing, uh, maybe on a regular basis. We all experience sickness. In fact, we found out this last week that Clark has mono, so actually he just texted us this morning. We said, I think we want to fly you home, and he's like, no, no, I think I got it, but he just texted us this morning and said, yeah, I think I want you to fly me home, so we're probably going to do that. Like, he's, uh, he's sick right now. We all experience sickness, right? This is kind of the season of sickness. Some of us have, uh, have temporary, temporary or permanent disabilities that we are experiencing or we're caring for someone who has these temporary or permanent disabilities. Some of us are losing hair. This today was intentional, by the way. Uh, but some of us are unintentionally <laughs> losing our hair. And we're, we're getting gray hair, right? Getting wrinkles uh, where we didn't have wrinkles before. We, we develop arthritis and, and back problems. You know, we can't see quite as well as we used to. I'm starting to have problems reading, and so probably reading glasses are coming. Um, So, you know, these are just things that indicate that we are on the decline, right? That we are decaying. And they're a constant reminder of our mortality, that we are mere mortals that are on the way out, right? And we've been on the way out for a long time. People spend millions of dollars, probably billions of dollars, trying to minimize the effects of this decay, right? To slow the process somehow. But it's a losing battle. Doesn't matter what you do, you're losing that battle every single day. We all are. Yet the great thing is, while we can all relate to the fact that our outer person is decaying, for the authentic believer, on the inside, we're in a state of constant renewal right? Decline on the outside, constant renewal on the inside. Literally, that, that idea, that word means we're constantly being made new over and 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 over. and, over and over. We're just in a constant state of renewal on our inside. The Holy Spirit inside of us is this constant life-giving thing that gives life to our spirit. So even though outwardly, you know, it's not looking too good, it's not feeling too good, inwardly, we're being made new constantly. Love that. And then he says this. He says, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Our experiences now are not limited to our experiences now. Our experiences now are actually echoing in eternity. They're headed, they're being reflected in eternity. Everything that we experience now is directly related to what's coming. And it's actually preparing us for what's coming. Now, I don't know about you, but him calling our current difficulties light and momentary, I'm like, Paul, come check out my difficulties, right? Like, come on. Light? Momentary? (laughs) Doesn't feel light and momentary. Some of us, when we get knocked on our butts and we have that day where we know every day Going forward from that day is not going to be the same because of that event that happened on that day, that diagnosis, that loss, whatever, that does not feel light and momentary. And I would say, actually, from our perspective, it isn't light and momentary. So, so why is he calling it light and momentary when there is true human suffering that we experience, that others experience? It's almost like discounting the moment. Like, like no, this is not light and momentary. This is heavy, and it's, and it's taking over my life. What we gotta understand is both light and momentary are descriptions of scale. So, Let me give you an example here, okay? Is this dinosaur big? No. It's a big dinosaur. That's a T-Rex, right? That's a big boy. You you guys know I'm setting you up. That's why you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to give into this thing. No, actually, this T-Rex is absolutely very, very tiny, right? You could just totally step on him. No big deal, right? (laughs) It's perspective. If you're here... That guy looks big and is gonna bite off your head, right? If you're here, you're like, boom, kick him down the road, right? <laughs> For me, a 10 pound bowling ball is fairly easy to pick up. In fact, I bowl with a 10 pound bowling ball, right? Easy, simple. I don't have any trouble picking that thing up. There, there's an example. For a uh, two year old, Ooh. he does it that's like a bodybuilding uh, two-year-old right uh <laughs> pretty heavy for that that kid right and then you give that bowling ball to Dwayne the Rock Johnson and he's like throwing it like a baseball you know he's like that's no problem that's nothing right when I'm studying in my office time flies I mean flies goes way too fast. And suddenly, I gotta go home, Melissa's knocking on my door, it's time to go, and I'm like, no, it's, I, gotta, I got more to do. But I remember when I was eight years old, I remember this very, very clearly, I don't know why, but it really sticks with me, that I was sitting at my kitchen table, and my parents said I could go over to my friend's house, I was super excited about going over to my friend's house, but they said, we'll leave in 30 minutes. So as this eight-year-old kid, I thought it was a really good idea just to sit and watch the clock. <laughs> this video is 30 minutes long, should we wait for it? Or is it? No, no, okay, okay. It seemed like forever, right? because I was watching the clock, like that's not a way to pass time in any way, shape, or form, right? It's perspective. It's how we perceive this thing, right? Light or heavy, momentary or in eternity is, is a perspective statement. Paul, the one who said light and momentary, here's Paul's experience in life. In far more labors and far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews thirty-nine lashes, which is being beat within an inch of your death. Of, of death. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I've spent adrift at sea. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers from the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers among false brothers. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, light and momentary. Right? Paul's experience cannot be described as light and momentary. No. No. But that's exactly what he describes it as. In fact, the start to Paul's ministry was God saying, let me show you how much you're going to suffer for my name. Right? Well, I guess he suffered. But if you zoom out from Paul's life, if you fast forward from from his life and you take the, the long perspective, right? If his pain in getting whipped within an inch of his life, being beaten and stoned, which you get stoned to try to kill you, okay? If the pain he suffered in those moments, which had to be extreme. Was like a ten out of ten. If he was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna, you know, you go to the doctor and it's like on the pain scale, you know, you you got the little little smiley face down to like, "Mm, you guys know that, like one to ten. Like he's gonna say ten, right? Ten is the is what I'm feeling, the pain I'm feeling right now. Ten out of ten. Then the weight of glory that he's comparing it to which glory means awesomeness, basically. How awesome the pleasure in eternity is gonna be is 100, right? And I know you're like, oh, Nate just did that annoying thing. I think it's annoying. When someone says like, I, I'm, I work 110%, 110% doesn't exist, right? Like 100% is the highest, right? Like, so, so you can't say 10 out of 10 and then say eternity is gonna be 100, although you can say that if you go, you know what, my human perspective is, the most pain I could experience is 10 out of 10. For that, but that's, that's the most I could experience, right? And what Paul's saying is, no, you know what, your opportunity, your capacity to experience pleasure is going to be exponential, and it's actually gonna be 100. So yeah, you can't experience 100 now, you can only experience 10, but you're gonna be able to experience 100. So in comparison, that 10 out of 10 is nothing. Because it's not just that you're going to experience an eternity of 100, you're going to experience an eternity of 1,000, of 10,000, of a million. In fact, it's an infinite amount of pleasure. So when you zoom out and go, "Wow, like that, that infinite amount compared to a 10 out of 10, like, that's light. Do you see what he's doing? It's like, that's nothing. He spent a day and a night adrift at sea suffering, right? He spent days without food and sleep. He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was without shelter. He spent weeks experiencing the fear of traveling in dangerous territory where he could be killed at any moment, right? But all of those, a day, a few days, A week, a few weeks, compared to eternity? Momentary, right? Momentary. Relatively short period of time. And these limited moments of experiencing pain was actually producing for him. I love the word producing here because, it's, because it's, there's a direct relationship. Like this moment is actually producing a, a crazy amount of pleasure post this life. Far beyond all comparison. We don't have a category to comprehend the pleasure that we're going to experience. We don't have a category for it. We have nothing to compare it to because we are finite, and, the, and what our experience post this life is going to be infinite, right? And while we can't understand infinite, and we can't, like, it's just our minds just can't wrap around that. 10 out of 10 is 10 out of 10. Like, there's, there's a limit there, right? We can't understand the infinite. We can understand this. Wh- which is better? a limited number of good moments or an infinite number of good moments, right? We can understand that. Like, we don't understand infinite, but we can understand that's better, right? A life that can only experience a limited amount of pleasure or an existence where we will always experience an infinite amount of pleasure. Like, obviously we know the better thing there, right? So knowing that, getting our perspective right on this moment and this suffering that I'm experiencing right now, look at 18. He says, "'While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal.'" We have the opportunity every time we experience affliction, those the momentary aches and pains in our body, those kind of things, but also like the great moments of pain and suffering and grief. We have the opportunity to put those moments in perspective. Yes, are we experiencing something difficult? Yes. Is it a 10 out of 10 on our experience scale now? Yes. But when we can realize that if this is a 10 out of 10, like this moment is a 10 out of 10, I know for a fact that that's producing for me a million out of a million, or an infinite out of an infinite, right? Like like this moment of brokenness is producing, is reminding me of an eternity without any brokenness. Right, like I, I just broke my arm Okay, that's a limited bone in my body that has, is experiencing pain for a limited amount of time and that is producing for me an eternity with no brokenness anytime, anywhere, any place. Ooh, yeah. Okay, put it in perspective. This pain that I experience now, this current moment of pain, is producing an eternity of an existence with only pleasure. This moment of feeling lack, feeling like I don't have enough of whatever it is that I need, it is producing for me an experience, an eternity of complete and utter fullness. And while it doesn't take away that moment of lack or that moment of pain or that brokenness, it puts it in perspective to eternity, right? And it simply requires us to look beyond our moment, which is so the easy way to go, right? I'm just going to focus in on this moment and how I'm experiencing it right now. But if we lift our eyes up and go, yeah, 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 I'm experiencing this moment, but I know this moment is producing something amazing, it'll put it in perspective for us. I think it can actually help us endure in the moment, knowing that it's not the end of the story. The point on your your handout, if you want to fill it in, is our current moment of suffering is pointing to and producing for us an eternity so amazing that it's beyond our ability to comprehend it. Our current moment of suffering is pointing to and producing for us an eternity so amazing that it is beyond our ability to comprehend it. He goes on. He says, For we know that if our earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made by hands, eternal in the heavens. I love that he starts with this statement, we know. Like it's just definitive. He's not like, we're guessing, we're thinking maybe. He's like, we know. Most people wonder what is beyond death. There's been like hundreds of books written, like speculating about what might be beyond death. There's like dozens of documentaries that are out there, you know, movies that explore the the possibilities after death. You know, whole area of near-death experience research where people are like, Interviewing these people who almost died but didn't die and maybe they saw something a light or whatever. You know, they have researchers that, that have their doctorates in this stuff and they're spending all their time with these NDE like conversations and, and putting together the evidence to go what might life look like after death? What is after death? We just don't know what's after that because people who die don't come back and tell us. So we gotta figure this out. while, while that's all clearly speculative. I mean, absolutely speculative. Even they'll tell you that that their conclusions are tentative, because how can anybody really know, right? Nothing can be truly depended upon. And Paul's response is, yeah, we know, right? We know. Well, what do we know? Well, we don't know everything, but we do know some very specific things. We know, for one, our body is like a tent. It's a temporary dwelling place. It's it's not intended for permanent housing. Our earthly habitation in this body will be destroyed. This body will be destroyed. It's wearing out like tents wear out, okay, right? And eventually it will be worn out and can't be used as a tent anymore. Our tent will just continue to fall apart as some of us are like, yeah, yeah, it's falling apart. Until it's fallen apart, right? Like it's just done. And no matter how much we try to maintain our tent, which is probably not a bad idea to maintain it in some way. I'm not very good at maintaining my particular tent. But it was never meant for the long haul. Just like a tent is never made for the long haul. Most people do not live in tents. And if you live in tents, you have people that are concerned about you. Right, You have a government that's trying to help you get out of the tent into what? A permanent building of some sort, right? Because that's not really where people should be living. Well, guess what? This is not really where we were intended to live long term. It's just a temporary place. And when it is destroyed, we might think, oh, you know what? I guess I'm going to be homeless at that point, right, which, which some speculation about, you know, about the afterlife is, you know what, I, well, either, like, I'm going to cease to exist. Like, once my tent is destroyed, I'm done. I'm out, right? Or it's this idea of, like, yeah, my tent's going to be destroyed, and, but then I'm just going to be floating out there somewhere. I don't, I don't know, you know, where it's going to go or whatever. But that is not what's going to happen. We know, we know, we know, we know that when our tent is destroyed that we will have a building from God and it's a building from God that's not made with human hands because all buildings made with human hands wear out and fall apart. Just look at anything made from the 19th century, right? Like all of those dwelling places are fallen apart, unless someone came back in and somehow like renovated the whole thing or something, right? But the vast majority of them are just falling apart completely. Why? Because humans have a limited ability to produce something that lasts, right? Our home, our permanent dwelling place, when we leave this tent, is built by God himself. Not with temporary materials, but with eternal stuff that will never, ever wear out we know this is the case. He goes on, he says, for indeed in this tent we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, since in fact after putting it on, we will not be found naked. For indeed we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. He uses this illustration of being Naked, uh, of being, uh, imagine, you know, not too deeply, but imagine being naked, like, out in the middle of nowhere, right? Or just out in a field somewhere, right? You're exposed, you're vulnerable. That is the last place anyone wants to be is naked out in the middle of nowhere, right? Or just out in public or out anywhere. And he says that's kind of what our experience Is now that we're longing for to be truly clothed, to no longer be exposed and vulnerable to these outside things that can hurt us. And he says twice, I I like that he says it twice because I can relate to it. He says, Twice we groan, right? We groan in these bodies. And I think that's literally true. I'm sure Paul is relating that to his experience. Like, I don't know about you, but like most mornings when I, you know, my alarm goes off at six and I'm getting out, the first thing that comes out of me is a groan. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Got to get going, right? Or, you know, you've worked a hard day, you're kind of worn out, and you you go and, and hit the, you know, lazy boy or, or the bad, and you're like, oh, right? Like, we groan because we have limited bodies, right? We have limitations in our bodies. On uh, on Thanksgiving last week, Mark Souter sent out a, a, a text to a bunch of guys in the church, and, uh, we have kind of a tradition in our family that we do a turkey bowl where we get a football out and we play a little football game, okay? So we were inviting some p- people to come play with us. Here are two of the texts that, that we got back. Great idea. Thanks for including me. But the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> yeah, this person didn't show up. Another one that we got back is, uh, it would be so fun, but I know I would want to act like a kid, which isn't bad, but my knees say otherwise right? This guy also didn't show up. So we just know, like we groan in these bodies because we're like, yeah, I just, yeah. It's, this, thing, this thing's falling apart, right? But these difficulties that we experience in this body are, are communicating something to us. It's that our bodies and, and our experience in this life is missing something, right? It's not complete. It's not whole we were made for something more than this life. And we know this. Unfortunately, most of the world puts all of their attention on this life because they go, ah, all I got is this tent, gotta make it work, right? We know that the tent is simply a temporary dwelling place till we get into our house. It's the, it, 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 it's the precursor to the real thing. And this life that is missing so many things, and that we're reminded of on a regular basis, it's missing so many things, are simply pointing us to an existence in which, in which nothing is missing. Everything is perfect, everything is complete. I mean, think about this. I, I've thought about this a little bit before with this idea. Like, I have thought about, what if it wasn't a burden to live in this body? I, I mean, I, I think if it wasn't a burden to live here in this existence, I think we might think that this might be where we belong, right? And in fact, I've talked to, to younger believers who, uh, and I've had this experience multiple times, who, who will say, I don't know if I want to go to heaven, a, at least not yet, Right? Because I just, I want to experience these things that everybody tells me are great and then I want to experience those things. Like, I want to get married and I want to do all that. You're like, I want to do these things. Like, I just don't want to go to heaven yet. And always my thought, and sometimes it comes out of my mouth, is I'm like, you have no idea how good the thing coming is. Or you would never say that. You'd never say that. And then you have older believers who have been groaning for a long time saying, come, Lord, come, right? Like now, now would be good. This is a good time, yeah, right? Like, let's get it done. This groaning in our bodies, I think we just become keenly aware that this is not how it should be, that this this life, this existence is the shadow of the real thing. That that even the good moments we have in this life are not what they could be and what they will be. We long for the mortal to be swallowed up with the immortal. And that's a good thing. We should want that. 1 Corinthians 15 says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body, it is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. So this is like a farming analogy, right? We're putting these seeds in and then we get the good stuff. Nobody wants seeds, let's stay away from the seeds. What we want is the good stuff that's coming out of that, right? So that's the example here. He's like, this life is the seed that's sown perishable, right? Right? But what's going to happen is we're going to get this this reality, this eternal reality that is imperishable. So you're replacing something that, that was perishable with imperishable. You're replacing something that is less than awesome with something that is truly and completely awesome by any standard. And it's so awesome that we can't even understand how awesome it is because our brains don't have a capacity for how awesome that is. We're we're exchanging this thing prone to weakness and breaking down and suffering with something that is completely and utterly full of power. What is not to like about this picture, right? What is not to desire about this thing, this light and momentary trials being converted to this thing that far outweighs? This awesomeness that far outweighs, like we don't even have a scale that can weigh how amazing this new existence is going to be. Why would we ever not want this new existence? While well, the outside world and, and phony Christianity is trying to do everything it can with this life. It constantly focuses on on the temporal. It's striving to like suck the marrow out of life, right? Like you only live once. Like I just got to get everything I possibly can get out of this life because tent living is great. Tent living stinks compared to building living. And the authentic Christian life just knows, it's just always looking toward this permanent dwelling place. And recognizing that everything now, everything, is just a precursor to the main event. This is just the the pre-game warm-up. And then the dolphins are going to be the commanders. Um, Sorry. Here's the point on your handout if you want to fill it in. The deterioration of our bodies is a reminder that they were always meant to be temporary shelters and that our permanent home is still coming. The deterioration of our bodies is a reminder that they were always meant to be temporary shelters and that our permanent home is still coming. Temporary and permanent. All right, let's finish up with these few verses here. He says, Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us his spirit as a pledge. This redeeming of our bodies has always been God's plan. He has made us for eternity. We we were always set with eternity in our hearts. That's the reality of how he made us. He is even now preparing us for this new reality that we're going to experience. But he gave us his spirit for many reasons, some of which we've already talked about, about this treasure that is to be revealed inside these normal earthly bodies. But he also gave us the Spirit as a down payment, which which is what pledge means, a down payment on the real thing. To remind us that, yeah, the Holy Spirit and the life of the Holy Spirit is amazing. That We've been talking about this for weeks now. It is amazing. And our experience of the Spirit in our life is wow, right? But that experience of the Holy Spirit in our life now is simply a down payment. It's like, you know, there used to be layaway. I don't know if that exists anymore, you know, where you like go out and you're like 10% down on this new bike. I can't afford the new bike, but I'm going to put that 10% down so that I know that, that when I can pay it off, I'm going to get that bike, right? Does layaway exist anymore? Does that happen? No, I don't know. Who knows? So That's what he's saying here. He's like, like, yeah, as great as the Holy Spirit is, it is simply a taste of the real thing. And it is a thing, and when we experience the life of the Spirit, it should remind us that it's only a taste. That that experience, as great as it is, is only a taste. And again, should be lifting our eyes toward eternity. Should be keeping our focus on the reality of what's beyond this life, because that's that's the real deal. Verse 6, therefore, being always of good courage. Let's we'll start with that. The authentic Christian life has great confidence. By the way, all the things that we're talking about this morning should give us confidence. Like that really should be the, the result of, of thinking about this life as light and momentary compared to eternity. It should give us confidence for courageous living because this is only a taste of what's to come. If we experience, even if we experience difficulty and hardship and, and pain and suffering, maybe we step out and do something bold, but we experience, we're gonna experience something difficult from that, maybe, maybe some persecution or whatever. You just go, hey, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna experience some persecution, but it's light and momentary, right? Compared to eternity, like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Who cares if it's a 10 out of 10 on the pain scale because it's light and it's only gonna last for a short period of time, and then it's, it's building, it's, it's producing for me an eternity of infinite pleasure, right? It should cause boldness. And he's not telling us these things, these truths that he's listing here are not meant for eternity. He's talking about eternity, Right? But these truths are here because they're meant for our lives now and how we live now and living boldly now and making, you know, taking steps out in faith now when we need to do that. Because what do we have to fear? A little bit of light and momentary trial for an eternity of infinite amazingness? Like Like, what are we worried about? Should give us boldness. And knowing, he goes on, and knowing that we are at home, that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, but we are of good courage and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. We can't see the eternal. Like lots of things he's talking about here, we can't see them, we can't even comprehend them, you know. You know, we can't see that. We can't understand that. Like, like eternity is just too, you know, infiniteness is just too much for us, right? But we can see, we can sense the echoes of it now. We can't see this, this inner renewal in us that the Holy Spirit is, is producing. That's not something you see in, in reality, but we can experience the effects of this renewal that the Spirit has, has done in us. We've never seen this new dwelling place that, that he's promising us that God is working on, this, this permanent dwelling, but... We have a taste of its joys in the Holy Spirit now. And so we experience a, a taste of it. But it's, it's faith. It's, it's not things that we see, right? We have not yet seen our Lord, but we know we will see him soon, as soon as we depart from this body. And this is good stuff. And so it should cause us to live a life, not by the things we see around us, not by being fearful of the the moments and the people that we are headed into, but we should live by faith, trusting in our Lord who's going to accomplish all of these things for us. We can trust him. Because even though we haven't seen it yet, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know they're coming. The point on your handout, if you want to fill it in, is our lives are driven not by what we see in this world, but by faith in unseen eternal realities of the authentic Christian life. Our lives are driven not by what we see in this world, but by faith in, probably the should be in there, in the unseen eternal realities of the authentic Christian life. Let's read this summary together. It is hard to have perspective, especially at, a, at particular mo- painful, particularly painful moments of life. It is so easy to lose heart focusing in on this moment and miss the encouragement that comes from seeing how it fits into the longer story of what God is telling with our lives. This lesser existence is pointing and leading us to the greater reality of the unseen world. Every loss, sickness, suffering, and pain will be swallowed up by, the new, by new life and will quickly become a distant memory in light of the infinite delight of eternal glory. These are lyrics of a song that actually we're about to sing. We hold tight to the promise of new life. Our hope in Jesus Christ will never fail or fall. These light and momentary trials are gaining us a prize that far outweighs them all. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord, we are just so thankful to be able to reflect on these truths this morning, to ref- be able to reflect on the reality of what's coming, especially in the midst of, of difficulty. And, and all of us kind of are at a different place this morning, coming in with different hurts and different pains and different difficulties that we have in our lives, but we know that all of it is nothing compared to what you have prepared for us. And so we're just so thankful that you're preparing that place for us right now. Like, like you're building that building for us to live in this, the, that has just this eternal weight of glory, which is just amazing. Help us to walk by faith, not walk by the things that we see or the experiences that we have in this life, but see how those things are all pointing to the future realities that you've prepared for us. May we be bold and courageous because of that. Pray this all in your name.